Ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffle. This is Connor Explains, where we take one fact, one huge topic, and we whittle it down for you. We explain it in bite-sized, palatable chunks. My name is Dan. Mark is also here. Hello. The person doing the explaining, the person that thinks so far outside of the box, he's in another time zone, it's Connor. What? Yeah, what are you doing today? Uh, Money. So this comes from last episode. Obviously, we was talking a lot about what's in your wallet and cards and cash. And I thought, hey, money would be a good one to explain. Great. Okay. So I revealed in the last episode, much to the chagrin of everyone, I do not have a credit card, but I've got 20 of foreign currencies in my wallet. Tell me more about money. Does anybody know, Dan or Mark, where money kind of come from? Do you know the answer? Well, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine it's... People used to exchange things. Uh, I'm talking actually like actual money, like n- l- less kind of the, the idea of exchanging things before. Oh, physically? Yeah, like physical money. Well, in the UK, the mint, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it wasn't actually until about 5,000 years ago that it appeared. Um, the Mesopotamian people created the shekel, which is considered the first known form of currency. Gold and silver coins date back to around 650 to 600 BC. They were actually stamped coins that were less actually used for purchasing goods, but more to pay armies. Pay armies for what? So pay armies for their work, really. And then obviously there was, there was, it was so rare. That's why today people collect old coins, because some of them are so, so rare, because it wasn't used as like a form of currency across I, I get, the whole world, you know? I get that. But the point is, if you're paying people, but no one knows what the money is, like back in the day, they're giving all this money to the armies, the soldiers. Soldiers have got a load of cash, but what are they going to do with it? No shop's taking it, because no shop knows what it is. Because it was gold and silver. So it was gold and silver stamped. So obviously, if you had a chicken for sale and somebody come over to you said, I can give you this piece of gold for the chicken, you'd go, oh, it's gold. And then you'd give the chicken. It was less about actually the price and more the fact you were giving gold and silver stamped as an army member to somebody in exchange for another thing. So it's exchanging goods less than actual, uh, actual currency. Because obviously, before money was a thing, it was, it was goods and services. People used to swap stuff, didn't they? Well, that's, the, uh, that's where the pound comes in, right? Because mm. I promised to pay the bearer five pounds of something. Pounds of something, Is yeah. It pounds of gold? Was it gold? Uh, I don't know. Well, this should be kind of. Was it pounds of gold? Yeah, it's pounds of gold. I've got it here. Um, the Chinese were actually. Right, we, 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 yeah, take over, please. We're derailing it. Yeah, yeah. The, the Chinese were the first to actually devise a system of paper money. Um, that was approximately 770 BC. Um, but I was kind of a bit like, where does money come from? I don't really know how it exists. What makes money? Like, you know, why can't we just print more of it? That's the thing that definitely everyone's asked themselves at some point in their life. Why can't we just print loads of notes and then we're all just bloody rich? Um, most of the money in our economy is actually created by banks in the form of bank deposits. The numbers that appear in your account, obviously, are the money that you you deposit. But behind all of that, um, banks create new money whenever they make loans. So that's sometimes how more money comes into the economy. Banks can create money through the accounting they use when they actually make loans themselves. Quantitative easing. Quantitative easing. There we go. That was actually the words that were underneath in, in bold letters and italics. So cheers, Dan. You, you- you chose to jump uh, away from trying to pronounce that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm happy you kind of took the reins on that one. I appreciate you. Um, but yeah, so when the demand for treasuries is higher, the value of the US dollar raises too. This is another way that kind of money becomes higher and dollars increase, blah, blah, blah. The third way is through foreign exchange reserves. Um, that is the amount of dollars held by foreign governments. I don't understand that bit, but I thought it was important that you know it. Sure. 
Crack on. So that's money. Um, but the reason they can't just print, you know, loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of money is uh, because it would actually be, as the saying goes here in quotation marks, too much money chasing too few goods. Yeah, it would devalue quite rapidly if there are, there are only so many £10 around but at, at one minute, but then there's loads more in the next minute. The value of that £10 rapidly decreases. Yeah, so... And then your foreign exchange will decrease as well. Because I actually See, researched this. In a global economy. I actually researched this and I couldn't really find much on it, but I, I pose it to you two because you might be able to help me. I always thought that money come from gold. It converted into gold. That was how they know money. Well, it wasn't until very recently, wasn't it? Because I think we had this as a fact on Baffled until like shockingly recently, maybe 50, 40 years ago, you could take your notes like five pound, your five pound notes. I promised to pay the bearer five pound. You could take it to the Bank of England and get the equivalent gold or silver for it. Mm. What, just a block? Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah, I think. That'd I mean, be... it's, it's honestly shockingly recent that you could do that. I think that would actually be quite cool. I'd, I, I think like I should have done that over ten. I just to have it as like a little keepsake. I sh- surely that's not the case anymore. Surely, I think how many pounds, how many dollars, how many billions of everything there are, trillions of every currency there are. There's not that much. The equivalent of that much in gold and silver or whatever hmm. in in stock somewhere. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, uh, uh, yeah, do I, you know what the bank do when they have my money, Connor? Can you explain that to me? Do they keep it in a lock safe somewhere? Well, this is another thing too, actually. It's funny you say that. You know when you send money to each other, it's like, in my mind, I'm just sending a number. I don't actually know where that money is. Do you know what I mean? If I send you a fiver, it's just a number that appears in your account. But obviously, it's like way yeah. before that that the actual value of it has been moved. Whether I earn that five pounds from a from a business, it's like kind of it just goes through, but it's just recognised through the card that you see, right? Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of money exists, but is exists in a non physical form. Yeah, it's like a digital form. Yeah, when yeah. banks have your money, they loan your money out to other people. They loan it out so they can buy houses. They invest your money. That's how banks make money. What would be the point in having a bank if you were just going to hold someone's money and take like a little bit of interest. Exactly. They invest your money in the stock market and stuff, so they make themselves money and therefore you more money. Me more money, yeah. Um, so, yeah, simply the value of money is determined by the demand for it. Like Dan and Mark said, um, it's just like the value of goods and services. So, obviously, as that goes up, then money goes up too. Um, yeah, so according to the fractional reserve theory of banking, here we go. Individual favourite theory of banking. Yeah. yeah, mine too. Individual banks are mere financial intermediaries. Intermediaries? Yeah. Intermediaries, yeah. There we go. That cannot create money, but collectively they end up creating money through systematic interaction. Systemic. Isn't it really funny when you say a sentence in Connor Explains and it's quite apparent you have no idea what any of those words mean? No, but I, I do I do in a way. I just I just don't like saying these big words. It's just like why, you know, but I I can't understand what that means. I would I would I would, well, I would what, say. you should you should just say it in your own words. You should say as as you would, not as someone on I assume. Okay, so acor- all right, then I'll do it in my own way. So according to some theory, um banks basically they can't actually create money. Um, but they create money just through being banks. Essentially, if you put a thousand pounds into a bank, the bank will keep, let's say, a hundred pounds of it and will then loan out 900 pounds of that money, right? So at this point, Dan, who's been loan- loaned 900 pounds, has 900 pounds. You have a thousand pounds because you put a thousand pounds in the bank. 
and the bank has £100. So suddenly your £1,000 that went into the bank has created £1,900 of money in the economy. Yeah, because so his money, his £1,000, doesn't like notionally exist anymore. It's yes. a figure on a screen. Uh, so, so the banks aren't creating new money in the way that, you know, the central bank would do for quantitative easing, but they are putting money into the economic system. And that's why you get runs on banks, Connor. You know about this? No. I don't know if you, have you seen the film It's a Wonderful Life? No. You, do you remember the Northern Rock run of 2008? Nope. So when word gets out that maybe a bank is about to close, everyone that's obviously got money in that bank will run to try and get it out. And then there's massive queues and they realise, hang on, this bank doesn't have my bloody money. So that, that's why you get runs on the banks. Right. Yeah. Cheers. Um, yeah. Basically, uh, uh, cheers. So apparently banks, just to sort of sum it all up, uh, actually create money really out of nothing, really. I think we got there in the end. Uh, Connor explains with the help of a, a picture that Mark found on Google. Yeah. And we should say that the reason banks are able to do this is because by loaning Dan £900, Dan will then pay back more than he's loaned in interest. So that's why banks are able to do that. We should say that. We should say awesome. that. It's important information. Just in case people... Well, otherwise the system doesn't work. Mm. If you literally just give Dan £900 to give you £900 back, the system doesn't work. It needs the interest there as well. Any more for any more, Connor? I think Mark done well this year, this week. <laughs> I mean, at least one of us in this room has an economics degree. Uh, do you really? Yeah. You should have to Google it and look at a little picture with some clip art. I just wanted to get it right. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, say goodbye, Connor. See ya. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. I'll say goodbye myself. We'll see you Tuesday for nine more facts in your ears. Until then, bye. Bye.